Welcome to Fangirl Fridays. I'm Natalie. And I'm Marin. Hi. I'm freezing, but I'm wearing a turtleneck and a sweater, and I yes. think it's only 58 degrees, but people are actually freezing. Yes, in the rest of so the country. sorry, Midwest and East Coast. We are also experiencing some weather. It hailed here for 30 seconds today. That was crazy. It was crazy. It smelled like the Midwest when I woke up. Thunder. It was delightful. Lightning. Wow. Great. We're getting some rain, some much-needed moisture. Uh, uh, I mean, we like it. I like it. I wish I, I wasn't at work. That's the thing. Like, yeah. I like it, but I want to be home. Yes. <laughs> I <laughs> Like, I know I have to drive home in this now, and I have to try to find a parking spot yeah. in this now. Not looking forward to it. I appreciate it. You know what I do appreciate? Mm. You cut your hair. I did. And it looks great. I mean, today it's kind of a, it's a little dirty, but... Oh. Well, I'm into yeah. it. I'm into it, I you're, think. You're, I think I go a little shorter, but I played it safe. Um, it's a time. It's a time. You're giving real Margot Robbie... Robba, oh my God. Real wow, Margot who? Robbie vibes. What a tough name she has. Who knew? <laughs> um, and I'm very into it, and I feel like it's a good decision for your upcoming birthday. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Just, I'm just saying. Is that what you're fangirling over? A little I mean, bit. You're always fangirling over me. Wow. Yeah, always. <laughs> I'm like your literal biggest fangirl. Um, no, what I'm actually fangirling over is a piece of candy trivia. Great. That I already dropped some knowledge on you because yes. I couldn't wait. But so for Christmas, Eric got me this classic candy book by Darlene Lacey. I'm literally looking at it right now. At first, I thought it was going to be like a notebook, which I was also very into just to have like all this classic candy on the cover of a notebook uh-huh. was fine. But it's actually a book about candy. Knows me well. I'm reading. I'm just like, oh, this is fun. This is interesting. And then my goddamn brain exploded. So I love a Three Musketeers. We've talked about it. Yeah, I do you too. You do too. Yeah. And the, I get to the Three Musketeers section. The reason it is called a Three Musketeers came out in 1932. So wow. people knew what was up even way back then. Because originally it was three individual pieces of chocolate-covered fluff. One chocolate, one strawberry, one vanilla. Freaking Neapolitan. I can't get it out of my brain. I don't know if I'd like it. I think I would love it. I need that texture. I need to know what that texture is like in strawberry in vanilla. form. Oh, you said vanilla. See? Yeah, I we, don't want strawberry. I, I do. Yeah. Have you ever had a Neapolitan shake at In-N-Out? No. Hot tip. It's I mean, a secret menu item. It has changed my life. I don't do milkshakes anymore, but thank you I for mean, the reminder. I mean, you... <laughs> You need to just for this. I also don't like strawberry ice creams that often. That's, but it's the perfect amount. Okay, it's like okay, you have okay. just a little bit, but you also the chocolate. Oh, damn. Like, whatever. So my mind is blown. I need them to like reintroduce it in some way because it makes so much sense. Like, why is it Three Musketeers if it's just all chocolate, right? Right. But I can't get it out of my brain. Someone help me. That's all. What are you fangirling over? I mean, over? now I just want candy. You're I've welcome. already – what I've had today is trash. Like, I have had what you're doing, Whole30. You're I'm wrapping done. up. Well, mm-hmm. you're still doing yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I had a rice cake, so I really broke I it hard. I have had two Pop-Tarts and four Ritz crackers. That's all I've eaten. I didn't bring a lunch, so I don't know where the day's going to go. Wow. But – We didn't even know we had Ritz crackers. Surprise. Mm, we do. <laughs> so good. Um, I'm actually fangirling over – I mean, I'm always fangirling over this person, but I'm fangirling over Conan O'Brien. <laughs> yeah. I truly love Conan O'Brien. I know what you're going to say. But he has a podcast called Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, mm-hmm. which I finally started listening to, and I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. 
Uh, the latest episode is Dana Carvey, which is really good. I mean, obviously, Dana Carvey's just doing impressions, and they're laughing. Right. And I but, assume they go way back. Yeah, it brings me great joy, and he does his own ads, but they're just as enjoyable as the show. Yeah. Most ads, even even when I'm driving, I'm, like, hitting that yeah. 15-second fast-forward. Like, I get a little annoyed, but these are just wonderful. I actually talked to the woman who, like, facilitates the ads for that podcast, and even she was stunned that he was doing his own ads, and she's like, I don't, they're great. I don't know. They like, are. Yeah. They're going at a primo price, like, I can I'm, tell you that. But. I guess I'm going to buy whatever he's talking about. I mean, sure. Yeah. He's one of those people. Yeah, great. Yeah. Sunscreen? He should definitely be, <laughs> he should definitely be repping some sunscreen. Like the Irish skin. <laughs> Irish spring soap. A lot of things, Conan. I would yeah. buy just if but Conan. I endorsed. highly recommend it. Okay. Also, they keep it tight. It's only like an hour long, which is what we deserve. Yeah, it's just like watching an episode of the show. Well, now it's moved to a thirty minute, thirty minute format. So oh, yeah, it's true. Different. It's old school. It's old school, Conan. <laughs> like what we want. Um, is that it? Are you watching anything? Uh, we and I both just said like I've I never think had. That's it. Yeah, we're a little behind on television, which happening. is crazy. I think it's just like a weird seasonal thing. I've had some night plans the last couple of Same, days. Same, or I just go to bed early. Yeah, I'm tired. I think it's the winter. I guess. But we're, I got to catch we're up. We're hibernating. I, we are. We're hibernating. I got to catch up. I'm like one or two episodes behind on all my shows. Very uncomfortable place for me. Yeah. Have you recovered from last week's lows? Ooh. I thought I had, and then I got into a conversation with someone last night about Columbine, and then I was, like, right back in it. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it was a, it was a time. Um, I do feel like these woes are going to lift us because there's some great, great moments. Yes. What about you? Have you recovered from the lows? Uh, yeah, I think so. Trying to put it behind me. But, a time. Yeah. It's I there. Know. It's there. We had to talk about it. Yeah. We couldn't not. There's not really a way to make it funny, but I, I feel like we the, tried. The momentum for the woes, like my excitement, yes. kept me going. You knew. You knew the whole time. Okay, let's just jump right into it. We have to talk about Y2K. You can't talk about 1999 without talking about people losing their goddamn minds. And it's essentially a computer bug. Like, when you really think about it, that was what was at the center of all of Y2K. Also, just even Y2K, like, it stood for year 2000. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like that was sort of pre-internet speak a little bit. And, you know, your grandma would be like, what? How's yeah. What's How did Y2K? you feel about Y2K? Like, did you believe? Did no, you think something was going to happen? I did not. I mean, I, that that New Year's Eve, we had, like, a huge party and we all slept over and stuff. And you kind of were a little like, hmm, could be strange. But I don't think we understood the potential problems really uh-huh. we were like i don't know maybe like computer shut down you don't really get it yeah um but a lot of people went all out yeah. so basically the problem was a lot of computer programmers had shortened the year from four digits so 1999 to two digits so 99 mm-hmm. so then when it rolled back over it was like it was 1900 and computers couldn't understand <laughs> the language anymore and then would like everything would fall to the ground. Like our electricity grids, like all these things. Mm -hmm. What I thought was so interesting is you really understood how already dependent we were on technology by 1999. Because now if there was a scare, we're just accepting death. Oh, we're dead. Everything's dead. so dependent on technology. Definitely like, yeah, the the nuclear warheads are just 
going off, like everything's yeah. happening. It's a disaster. Planes are falling from the sky. But at this point, I was just kind of like, meh. But I guess we were already really dependent upon it. A uh, lot of survivalists. NBC mm-hmm. did a made-for-TV movie, <gasps> which I was like, do what? I now Yes, need? I want to watch it. It aired November 21st, 1999. Really hammering it home like Scare getting people tactics. pumped yeah and then the other thing you know it's also it's like the change in the millennium like all of that stuff so there was a lot going on just a lot of kind of anticipation and frenzy but also i feel like this was the year we got the now ubiquitous glasses that people wear the like 2000 oh i never thought about that no one was wearing 1999 ones it was like you're wearing the 2000 now people are still wearing like 2000 2020 is gonna be a hot year i feel like for those glasses oh it's gonna work well yeah Yeah. but like i feel like they need to go away all in all nothing happened no there was like maybe some things went down for like a minute but everyone was kind of like i mean we were just talking about the season premiere of you're the worst and they do like this fictional 1999 story and at the end there's a new year's eve party and the power goes out but it's just someone playing a prank yes could you imagine no i would be furious oh yeah like you know someone would just like have jumped off the building and be like it's coming yeah. and i'd be like oh god oh no scott scott's dead um <laughs> scott yeah it was a really strange funny dumb time and when you look back on it the fact that people were so freaked out is like very comical yeah to me Anyway, what do you have? So I didn't realize so much happened in this year. Mm -hmm. I definitely would have thought this happened maybe 98. Okay. I don't know. Off by one year. Yeah. Uh I don't know. I just feel like (laughs) everything big happened this at the end the tail end yes of the, the 90s. tail end mm-hmm. um tinky winky oh man so the teletubbies actually came out in 97 oh. maybe that's why i think it should be earlier okay but it's a british show and the british people suspected it years prior to the u.s but there were a lot of reviews and someone said it may be the first queer role model for toddlers which is Amazing, Fine. sure. Which is amazing, Great. sure. But Teletubbies don't even have genitalia. No, I like, what are I they? I don't understand. Um, anyways, 1999, a real piece of work. <laughs> Southern Baptist pastor, televangelist Jerry Falwell. <laughs> real piece of work. He decided that the character was a gay role, or role model after seeing the character carry a bag that looked like a woman's purse. What? What if Tinky Winky is a girl? We don't know. They're amorphous blobs. I don't know or care. I mean. (laughs) Right. Do we care? No. No. It's because he was purple, which some might say is a feminine color. Okay. And he had. Don't tell the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. He had the upside down triangle. Okay. On top of his head. But you know what? The Teletubbies all had shapes on their heads. Yeah. Like, what are you going to put a diamond? Like, you got to put something (laughs) there. Uh Uh-huh. But this just kept going. It really just became nothing mm-hmm. but it skyrocketed like teletubbies tinky winky the britney spears rolling stone cover was this year oh. which by the way she was 17 going on 18 yeah and on that cover and you remember she's wearing like polka dot underwear Bra and holding, panties. yeah mm-hmm. holding the teletubby with a phone cool oh phone. yeah cool phone that mm-hmm. <laughs> was the clear phone is it the clear phone i can't remember now oh i don't think i so. had a clear phone but mm-hmm. Ooh, jealous. I know, right? Uh, but basically, it was nothing. They were like, he's not gay. He's not straight. He's just a character in a children's series. He's not anything. He's not anything. And it's for toddlers. I think now, however, like now 
children's shows actually have gay characters. <laughs> yes. Like, now uh-huh. this country, like, someone calling out a character is more common. But this one was, like, really reaching. <laughs> yeah. Like, in, so was he calling for a ban on Tinky Winky? Like, why are we, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Who the cares? son is a singing baby. Are we going to talk about that? <laughs> Why are we not talking about that? That's creepy. I never really liked Teletubbies. Don't they do it all again? What Wasn't that the big thing? It's like, again, again, and then you would, like, watch the whole thing over? Oh, what? I don't know. I'm pretty sure there's definitely an again, again situation. Because I was definitely a kid that watched Nick Jr. shows and, like, Little Bear and shows yeah. you're older, too old for. Uh-huh. But this one was not one of them. No. My friends liked it. I was not into it. Huh. Interesting. No. All right, another super weird-ass thing that happened in 1999, Elian Gonzalez. Wow. Wow. So a lot of what actually happens happens in 2000, but it all starts in 1999. This, like, could have been a low, but also it's just, like, so insane. It was so crazy. It's so crazy. So on November 21st, 1999, same day as this made-for-TV Y2K hot movie comes out (laughs) on NBC— Elian Gonzalez and his mom, along with 12 others, leave Cuba in a small aluminum boat. Tragically, uh, the boat is sort of, like, overwhelmed with water. They're trying to, like, Mm -hmm. remove it. His mother dies, um, as do 10 others. She put – or her boyfriend puts Elian in an inner tube. And he is found by – they're found by fishermen. There are only three people that survive. And then they're turned over to the Coast Guard. So the Coast Guard then – or, you know, in the government, they place him with family in Miami. They were going to Florida like they have family there. He then becomes this flashpoint for, like, all of immigration in America. So his dad claims that he did not know that the mother and boyfriend were leaving Cuba right. with Elian. They were—I think they were, like, divorced— even, like, by the time he was born. Like, they weren't together. And so the father then is, like, trying to get, you know, him returned. The family in America is really digging in. It becomes, like, an eight-month story. They're, everyone's suing. Everyone's trying to get whatever. Eventually, Janet Reno <laughs> has to, like, order him to go back to Cuba because it's like, well, this is his dad, you know, all right. these things, whatever. Dade County, so which is where Miami is, denies the attorney general's request. And so then, like, the House becomes this sort of protest movement. Like, Elian's now, like, barricaded in the House with his, like, great uncle, all of this. The freaking feds raid the no, House. No, no, no. He's, like, five. Yeah, can you imagine? He's six at this point, I think. Everyone has seen that photo of that federal agent with his big-ass gun and Elian being, like, held by one of his relatives, terrified, mm-hmm. terrified. You can say, like, who's at fault here? Like, his family needed to turn him over. Like, you know, all these things. That picture actually ends up winning the Pulitzer Prize. Really? Yeah, for breaking news in 2001. That it's, makes sense. I was just even looking at it on Wikipedia. It's traumatizing. So they don't go back to Cuba right away. They then stay hmm, somewhere in the United States. His dad comes, mm-hmm. and they then have to, like, wait for the courts to kind of get through this whole thing. The Supreme It gets to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court decides not to hear the case. The day the Supreme Court decides not to hear the case, June 28, 2000, Elian finally goes back to Cuba 
with his dad, then there's, like, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like, he becomes, like, a very loyal Castro follower, and everyone's a little bit like, Ooh, and he kind of, like, calls out the U.S. It's, you know, whatever. Um, but it was an insane I time. just remember hearing this name on television every single day. It's like Nancy Grace. Like, I can just, like, see her talking about it. It's also kind of the flash point and the start of hardcore cable news because it was, like, a story that was being covered yeah, 24 hours a day. And so you were just, like, inundated by photos of this poor child. Like, it was a child at the center of this. And then yeah, it was, like, who, who doesn't understand? No, he doesn't know and, like... Then, you know, remember he went to Disney World, and then there was the video of him being like, I don't want to go back to Cuba, but you could hear, like, his uncle off screen being like, say this. And it's like, guys, no, like, just let, no, he should probably be with his dad. I don't know. Like, it was just a very complicated story and situation, but we all got through it. Eight months later, eight months of this story. Insane. Tragedy. Do we... I mean, I guess we have, like, a, a new thing, Donald Trump-related thing every day. But I'm trying to think of a more recent story that we cover every day, like, about one person. More recent? Yeah. Probably that girl that got that was, like, kidnapped. I don't know. A lot of girl kidnapping mm-hmm. stories. You know I mean, what I mean? Yeah. That she got found. A lot of, lot of girl kidnapping or uh, dead girls in Aruba. Just not thinking of good. Natalie Holloway. Not, no. no. Nothing good. There's no positive story that you're covering every single day. Definitely not. What else? What's okay, another I'm going to switch it to something completely, I mean, bizarre, but much lighter. Perfect. I want to get out of our lows. Little Kim's boob at the VMAs. Bless. Diana Ross. Like, yes. Really, it's like, the moment. The moment. So 1999 VMAs, Diana Ross and Little Kim present together. Yeah. But Little Kim is doing the most Little Kim. Like, she's doing it. Yeah. So she's wore a custom piece created by her stylist at the time, Misa Hilton, who is, like, a very big hip-hop stylist in the 90s. She worked with, like, Missy and Foxy Brown all the time. Okay. Um, So this was, like, a lilac mermaid piece Mm -hmm. that had a pasty on one breast Mm -hmm. and a purple wig. It's like a seashell. Seashell pasty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was very aquatic. (laughs) Very aquatic. (laughs) The life aquatic, Lil' Kim. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Perfect. Go. <laughs> Great. Um, so Diana Ross, Little Kim come out to present together, and Diana Ross just gives Little Kim a little boob tap. A little tap. And it becomes the most iconic thing on MTV in, like, recent. It was a huge thing. Oh, yeah. And it's a moment made for gifts. Yes. Because it's, like, the perfect pre-gif. amount of pre-gift. Like, it's, like, a little jiggle. Diana Ross's hair is amazing and huge like the whole scene is just visually overwhelming it's beautiful it's beautiful it's like a painting (laughs) (laughs) oil painting of that there are some other notable moments that happened uh and i've got the list of winners which i know you want i do obviously uh but the mothers of tupac and biggie came together to present best rap video i for sure remember crying yes Mm -hmm. um the beastie boys made a plea in the wake of the sexual assaults of woodstock 99 mtv staged a tribute to madonna already in 1999 uh, like she was retiring right Mm -hmm. um because she was the most nominated artist in bma history and a bunch of male drag queens came out in madonna looks okay and this was the debut of Britney Spears performing Baby One More Time. This was a heavy Britney year. Yeah. 99, real big. Yeah. So the winners 
Granted, these are 98 through 99 videos probably. Okay. So video of the year, Lauren Hill, do up that thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Up against Backstreet Boys, I Want It That Way, Corn, Freak on a Leash, Ricky Martin, Livin' La Vida Loca, and Will Smith for Wild Wild West. Tough. Tough choice. Uh, Will Smith won Best Male Video okay. for Miami. Uh, Lauren Hill. Oh, yeah. Female video. Ava Longoria is in the... Not Best Ava Longoria. group video. Ava Mendes. TLC No Scrubs. Best New Artist, Eminem My Name Is. That's not the year. When's the year when the, all the M&Ms come in? It must be 2000. Well, it must be the next mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Because that's when you like is blowing up. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, Best Dance Video, Ricky Martin. Best Video from a Film, Madonna Beautiful Stranger for Austin Powers. Oh, my God. Of Shag Me. Of course. But Beat, Are You That Somebody, Aaliyah. Very tough. Ooh. Very tough. Wait, are you that somebody? Isn't that from like Dr. Doolittle? It is, but it's like her best song. <laughs> totally. Which is so crazy. Uh-huh. That song is the best. Yeah. And it really deserved to win. I can see the video too. Yes. Oh man. Oh man. That was the one, the, like the full like hair over the eye. Man. Remember when the, we used to watch the VMAs like all the time because it was a thing? Like you yeah. couldn't miss it. I mean, they still do it, but it doesn't have the punch no i mean yeah i I mean just music videos in general aren't as important no which makes me very sad right did you still watch making the video yeah i can hear the guy's voice being like and now for the first time like and then they (laughs) would play the yeah in fact before (laughs) totally and then you play the video so good okay i have i think maybe one more thing and it's very pertinent to where i was at in my life in 1999. This was great times for terrible television. Three very pivotal. Oh, three. Three three very pivotal shows, again, to my life, came out this year. I only know about one, I think. I'll do that one first. Okay. Number one, Passions. It is the soap opera for me. Not that I watched it regularly, but it is the best. It's insane. So it airs July 5th, 1999. It actually goes until August 7th, 2008, which I was shocked. But remember, it did that thing. It left. It got canceled on NBC and then went to DirecTV. My aunt wrote a letter when it got canceled. (laughs) She loved it. Please, can we find that? Um, So here's the byline. Passions follows the lives, loves, and various romantic and paranormal adventures of the residents of Harmony. Storylines center on the interactions among members of its multiracial core families, the African-American Russells, the Caucasian Cranes and Bennetts, and half-Mexican, half-Irish Lopez Fitzgeralds. <laughs> Hang on. I don't remember any of this. I don't either. Also, this is about Tabitha and Timmy. That's, that's it. The whole thing. But my favorite thing was like, oh, we should have a half-Mexican, half-Irish family. What should we call them? The Lopez Fitzgeralds is like, it, like that's a joke in and of Just itself. I was them- like... What? Can't they just be one last name? I want them to be hyphenated. Okay, so James E. Riley creates this show, and he had been credited with basically like increasing the ratings of Days of Our Lives with storylines like Marlena being possessed by Satan, which I remember. He's a genius. Yeah, but he's a genius in this very specific way because a lot of Days of Our Lives original fans were like, I don't want to watch this shit. Like, why is Marlena possessed by Satan? Um, So he creates passions and. We're there's like a couple woes within this woe. Okay. So I sort of forgot. So Sheridan, Sheridan Crane was like one of the main characters. Okay. In the early days of the show, she is identified as a close friend 
of Princess Diana. What? Why? Soon, Sheridan recalls speaking to Diana on the phone immediately before the 1997 car accident in which Diana was killed. Sheridan also has a similar accident in the same Paris tunnel. What? This feels very weird and exploitative. And speaks to guardian angel Diana, who urges her to fight to survive, which drew considerable controversy. Where can I watch this weird. Wonder why. And then Sheridan later adopts the name Diana after (gasps) she has an incident and she has amnesia. And I was just like, I love this show. Blasphemy? But like, I love this. Great. I love this. I love Ratings this. bait. Then you just have Tabitha and, and Timmy. So Timmy's a doll. Tabitha's <laughs> a witch? She's, yeah, she's old. Okay. She's like a centuries old witch. And like, that's what everyone remembers from this show. They were actually voted one of the best couples. I mean, <laughs> soap operas. It's really, though, because not only is Timmy a living, talking doll, mm-hmm. he spoke in third person. It yeah. was always, Timmy's scared. Timmy has a confession to make. Hmm? Timmy couldn't stand to watch Charity's Romeo die. So he switched put and pay for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. And, I mean, what a, what a amazing character. Um, weirdly, Passion's very um, gay positive show. Groundbreaking mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Uh, so in the summer of 2005, the prominent character Simone Russell came out as gay. Passion's made daytime history by being the first serial to show two women in bed making love. In 2007, it was revealed that longtime hero Chad Harris Crane was cheating on his wife with another man. Uh, this I love, though. They also... It was also a daytime first with the men portrayed in bed together committing, although unknowingly, incest. I was like, of course. Why not? Passions just really pile it on. Um, But yeah, they also had an intersex person. There was a lot of ground being broken. But really, though, where can I watch this? I I, I don't know. I am sold. (laughs) You just like start going back and watching all of Passions? Yeah. Okay, so that was one. Passions podcast. Passions podcast would listen all right number one number two we've talked about it but i can't it has to come up okay blind date Mm. roger lodge that feels older doesn't it i know so it it was a little bit hard to find the first air date because you know with shows like this like it just kind of like goes out there's no like premiere really so what i could find was november 1st 1999 now you know Everyone knows this show, right? They go on a blind date. Sometimes they're great. There's a lot of hot tub action. Sometimes people get in, like, physical fights. And then there was also, like, the overlays, right? It's yes. like pop-up video meets blind date. We actually have a friend who was on it. I need to find the footage. And I Ooh. need to, like, get a full understanding. I don't think you've met him. Okay. Um, he does live in Los Angeles, though. We could interview him about great. his blind date experience. Um, and then, you know... Then we get the gift of the fifth wheel, which is a spin-off. Which I loved more for some reason. Date. Yeah, it's a little more scandalous, so maybe that says yeah. something about you. But it was just a time Roger Lodge really just made it legitimate. Like, you didn't feel so bad. I don't know. He always seemed kind of, like, with it and that he was, like, these idiots. Like, every episode he was like, ugh, woof. <laughs> like, what am I doing? <laughs> but, like, provided a, a, a sense of um, legitimacy. Speaking of scandalous things, this was maybe the highlight of my 1999. What is it? Undressed. Oh, oh. Yes. Undressed on MTV. All right. If you guys don't remember this show, I'm so sorry. But 
<laughs> this was like the byline. Undressed is an American anthology series that aired on MTV from July 26th, 1999 to September 5th, 2002. Did not realize it ran that long. The series follows the relationships, both sexual and romantic, what, of young people, often sure. high schoolers, sounds yeah, creepy, but not fine. college students and 20-somethings in the Los Angeles area. The series was controversial for its frank discussions about sex, including depictions of promiscuous behavior between teens as well as same-sex relationships. Yeah, this was like the late-night sleepover show. A hundred percent. This was like what we would watch at like 10 o'clock when you're like... You've already met all your friends at the gas station, and then you decide to go back <laughs> right. to someone's house, and no. then you're like, uh, like, what are we doing? Oh, like, this was whatever. like, we're still up. My parents are asleep. What's on TV? Oh, what is this? Oh, Let's, yeah. like, watch it in our sleeping bags. Totally. So I liked how it was like, oh, about sex and romantic relationships. Don't remember a romantic no. relationship. This was essentially just about sex. I remember it looking very cheap. A lot very of beige. Cheap. A lot of beige. It felt super, super scandalous. And, like, everyone was kind of, like, hush-hush about it. Like, you didn't want your parents to know that you watched it. It's on basic cable. Like, it couldn't be that bad. And I'm sure if we watch it now, we're like, this is pretty tame. You know what I mean? Notable appearances by Christina Hendricks, Chad Michael Murray, John Huertas, who you might say, who's that? And then I say, Miguel on This Is Us. (laughs) Oh, wow. Right? Max Greenfield, Brandon Routh. And Jason Ritter. Mm. And um, Adam Brody. I oh, yeah. Once, mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Christina Hendricks was on, like, all of season one, I believe. Each season had, like, 30 episodes because they would do, like, vignettes. There was, like, multiple stories within within a single episode. But, yeah, my one girlfriend and I in particular were, like, totally obsessed with it. So you, were you, like, actually keeping track of these characters? Yes. Or were you, oh, okay. No, we were, like, you were I invested. Because I was, like, 17, you know, so we were, like, in, we were, like, invested in it. And, but, yeah, we had some friends that were, like, oh, this is trashy. And I was, like, mm, are you, do I trash. like you? It's great trash. <sighs> R.I.P. Uh, speaking of soap operas, going to backtrack a little bit. Okay. We need to talk about this. Susan Lucci finally, finally won her daytime Emmy for All My Children. Unbelievable. Wasn't she? 19. 19 she times. nominated 19 times. The history of her on the show. All My Children debuts on January 5th, 1970, and she goes Whoa. on to play Erica Kane for the next four decades. Whoa. The character married no fewer than 11 times, had several children and grandchildren, had been kidnapped, survived an airplane crash and car accident, battled drug addiction, and became the owner of her own cosmetics company. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, by 1991, she was the most famous soap opera character in the history of TV, yeah. according to TV Guide. I see that. And she was the highest paid actor on daytime television, earning more than $1 million a year. That feels low. I mean, but for 1991. Oh, fair. Okay, fair, fair, fair. But yeah. still, it's like... They work every day. <laughs> like, it's a job. Like, very serious. It, is it a dream job? Maybe. I think it might be. Because the stakes are so low? Kind Maybe. of. And you're just doing crazy shit. All the all time. All the time. Mm-hmm. And you get to play your evil twin. Like, I was just, just going to say that. Patch. Like, oh, my God. And a wig. So fun. The wigs. Yeah, they have a great time. Uh-huh. 1999, by this point, 
she's like not a running joke, but the whole thing is a running joke. Right. Like when she hosted SNL, like uh, she's doing her, her her opening monologue, and the cast and crew are walking by with Emmys, <laughs> and like she did, she mentioned something about it in like a sugar supplement commercial she did. But in 1991, she finally won this Emmy, and she gets a. Like an astounding standing ovation. It takes like five minutes for the crowd to calm down. The streak is over, Susan Lucci! And at one point, she doesn't know what to do, and she looks to the right and goes, Oprah! And (laughs) the camera doesn't go to Oprah, but you know you're just like validated because Oprah's there. Right, uh uh-huh. It's just such a magical time for her. She's crying, she's looking at her husband, but she finally won. Good for her. And probably, is it the only time I she's don't won? know. I remember my, my um, aunt being very invested in this. I was always more of a days person than an all my children person. But I remember my, my aunt being like, like crying, like overwhelmed that wow. she finally won. <laughs> I know. I was like, good for you. This was a big year for winners, I feel like. Oh, okay. Like ex- fun winners. Mm-hmm. Because Roberto Benigni oh, God, took yes. the Oscars took this the year. Oscars. Mm-hmm. It was a year when everyone was like, who's going to win Best Picture? Shakespeare in Love, Saving Private Ryan. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm 10. I, I saw don't Life care. is Beautiful at age 9 or 10, and uh-huh. I liked it. Uh-huh. So he wins Best Foreign Language Film. I think it's the 10th Italian film to win oh, wow. at that point. Okay. Nobody nobody has acted like this before or since. No. But Roberto's, like, on the chairs, yelling, like, fist pumping, so excited and happy. Mm-hmm. This is how... It should be. Right. It should I be ridiculous. See, yeah, I want to see people pumped to it's win. It's ridiculous. It's their it dream. It should be ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he wins again for best actor. Yes. And he's like, I've used up all my English. Like, <laughs> I can't. I remember I don't know that. what to say. Uh-huh. But it's just such a joyous time, I think, in Oscar history. Yeah. Maybe just awards in general. Uh-huh. I look. I watched it yesterday, and I was like, wow, this, this is the best. This must be the same year then that Gwyneth gets her. Yes, her Oscar in that Calvin Klein pink dress, uh-huh. just looking flawless. Yeah, she looks great. Yeah, should she have won? Shakespeare hmm. in Love, I think, won Best Picture that year. I think so too. It's a fine movie. <laughs> it's a fine. It's good. It's fine. Yes, great. Whatever. Um, I think I'm out of all my woes. I feel like I don't know what you're going to end on, but I know you've got one. <sighs> when I realized that this was 1999, I was like, oh no, Natalie's going to lose um, her mind. I don't know if I should end big or go with it right now. I do. No, I'll just go with this quick little one I didn't want to forget. Okay. Big Mouth Billy Bass. (laughs) An iconic piece. Of iconic decor Uh in 1999-2000. Yeah. For those of you who may not remember... It's an animatronic singing fish, Mm -hmm. like a bass. It was invented late 1998, sold on January 1st, 1999. Getting right out there. Popular in the early 2000s. It was uh, created by Jemmy Industries. Okay. Um, The product development vice president, Joe Pelletieri. Okay. Following a visit to the Bass Pro Shop. Just like... So he was inspired, (laughs) looking at all those fishermen. Mm -hmm. It's like, what can I give? Yeah. And he gave us the big mouth Billy Bass. Singing Don't Worry, Be Happy. Singing Don't Worry, Be Happy mm-hmm. or Take Me to the River. Forgot about two that. songs. Forgot about that. Mm-hmm. And then they expanded. There's a holiday version. Oh, of course. That sang Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. There's more, more. 
my friend had one. It was very fun for like a second, and then it became like this thing you do to annoy others. Did you? What, was it mounted like on the wall? Did someone? Yeah, because it's on its own mount. Yes, but then but would then you, you put hang it? that on the wall? Okay, got it. And mm-hmm. then you just walk by and press that button, oh, so yeah. it sings to you. Mm-hmm. I liked the way it felt. The actual because it feels like like bait. Yes. you know, like, like that rubber. It's a little yeah. It's like a yeah mm-hmm. yeah bait and tackle. But it was like um, what's it called? We talked about it in our last year series. Oh, that toy that I hate. Real talking about that. Oh yeah, uh-huh. very similar. Very similar. Very similar market. Yes. Yes. Surprising that Real Talking Bubba actually came out first, now that you mention it. Yeah. Like, why weren't people trying to capitalize capitalize on these animatronic singing hillbilly things? I don't know. It's, like, very strange. It's always a hit. But people loved it. It was a great gag gift. Like, if you had, like, a secret Santa at work or something. It would be a good one now. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. It's, like, vintage at this point. Yeah. I think it was even in Wally as, like, something he find like, Wally the yeah. robot finds uh-huh. to, like, put in the trash. That's hilarious. Yeah. Pop culture. I have one really quick thing that I just thought needed mentioning because it's so weird. Um, this is before you get to your big finish. Mm. So on July 28th, 1999, Tommy Chong was the first person in America – to receive a medical marijuana card <laughs> in the state of California. I was like, what? Like, well-deserved. Well-deserved. Like, of course, Absolutely. if it's going to be Cheech and Chong, like, yeah. And I actually think Tommy Chong like, has some medical woes, so great. But I just like, sure, thanks, Internet, for giving me that factoid that I didn't know I needed but did. All right. All right. Let me get to this. Let me talk about it. Some of you may or may not know that 1999 was the year of Fabio and the Bird. What a dream. My my fave. I mean, One of my iconic. favorite pop culture moments iconic. in the 90s, period. Ever. Period. It's my Instagram icon because we have the same <laughs> hair part. It's very similar. Um, That's why. Because you have the same hair part. Perfect. It could be me. It could. If you just glance, it could be me. Real quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> March 30th, 1999, Fabio Lanzoni... Comes to Bush Gardens in Virginia. First of all, Fabio has a last name. Start right there. (laughs) (laughs) He's Uh, not a share. He has a last name. Uh I need to say right off the bat, did not know he arrived wearing a red velvet cape. So what I think is happening here is that he was like, he was like crowning... He oh, was, like, opening the roller coaster. He was. He was, coaster. like, the celebrity. He had the front row seat for yeah. this inaugural ride on Apollo's chariot. I'm not sure if it still exists. Fingers crossed. But it has all those, like, he's, like, riding with all these, like, Grecian princess ladies. Yeah. And then, like, a couple I other think, random people. I mean, every, romance novel fans oh, okay. are in there. So he arrives to ride the theme park's first hyper coaster. Um, a hypercoaster takes passengers 200 feet or more above the ground and drops them hard and fast. I don't care that for that. That doesn't sound like something mm, I want. No, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the ride is going. It's fine. All of a sudden, something's in the, something's in the sky. At roughly 73 miles per hour, Fabio's face collides and kills a goose. <laughs> How does Fabio not die? That sounds very How do you dangerous. How break his nose at the very least? Yeah, he gets like a cut. Because he's, I don't know, he's like, st- he was built out of stone. <laughs> he's like a very chiseled man. He I'm is. not sure. 
but I did find this article from Ernest Parr, who was there when it happened. And I just want to read this um, paragraph. As we raced around the track with its thrilling dips and dives, I suddenly noticed a large brown object flying right into the path of our cart, which was zooming down a hill at 70 miles per hour. I then realized it was a goose, and it was headed right for Fabio. What occurred next in slow motion, the bird striking the car, then bouncing up into Fabio's face and exploding (laughs) into a cloud on the bridge of his nose. The screams, and I just sat there glued to my chair by cowardice. Not a day goes by that I don't think about how that goose should have bludgeoned my face, not Fabio's. So I guess then that makes sense. Like, if the goose hits the car first and then, like, hits his face. Yeah, it, like, bounced off. It ricocheted. would explain why you don't break a nose, I guess. Or die because you got hit. So a couple friends of mine recently got to do a project with Fabio, and I am beyond jealous. Mm -hmm. But beforehand, they were told they could not ask about this incident. Really? It is off the table. Oh, my goodness. over it. We can't mention it. 20 years later, sensitive subject. Yeah. I mean, he's a brunette now. Things have changed. Things have changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. But it's just like one of those, like, how? Also sort of akin, this is going to be a sport reference, but I feel like you may have okay. seen it, Then when Randy Johnson, who could throw a baseball like 110 miles an hour, throws a pitch and it collides with a pigeon and the pigeon just I have not seen this oh and my I would God. love to I'm see sending it. you the YouTube video right after this. The pigeon just goes poof into <gasps> feathers. Just like instant death. Oh, and it's my God. one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. Probably a very okay way to, this. to go if you're just like instantly gone. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden you're like do 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 dead. Like nothing. Like no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just a wow. ball of feathers. I just love this story because it made national news. It was a huge deal. Yes. And people still laugh about it. Like, it's still a thing 20 years later. <laughs> like, what are the chances? You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, what are the chances? Why aren't we hearing about this more? Right. Why aren't like, more birds? common folk that don't look like <laughs> Fabio, are you getting hit with birds on roller coasters and we're just not reporting on it? Right, because it's not Fabio. You're going to have to investigate. Right. What is more interesting? Is it the Fabio section of this story or is it the goose in it's the face both. story? That's what, makes, that's what makes it so good. <laughs> it's also good because, like, Fabio didn't really get hurt. I mean, RIP the goose, right? Like, that's tragic. But, like, yeah. goose, you got the whole sky. Get out the way. Like... I don't know. It's just the most insane like, Goose, thing. How did you not see this entire thing? Yeah, you were flying you're at? flying into a into an amusement park, Goose. Like you can see that you're not blind. Also, I mean, I don't wish death on geese, but not a fan of geese. Oh no, they're mean. <laughs> Gotten hissed at and snapped at bunches of times. Yeah. don't care for it. But yeah, I just it's just a a great way to end this series. Yeah, <laughs> it's, what I, it's what we needed. To come out of the lows. I can't remember if I found it, if I found this out or you found it out, but I was just like, oh, great. Like, this is just perfect. This is exactly what we needed. You love it so much. I do. It's a great Halloween costume. Mm, I've done it. Yeah. I mean, not even as real Halloween, just yeah. because. <laughs> just like a night out on the town. <laughs> I was actually a post-Halloween, and I found this blood spray I just had in my room. Perfect. And I was like, I could do this right now, and I did. <laughs> I don't know. It's that hair part. You were inspired. Yeah, it was the hair part. Mm-hmm. I get it. Okay, I think those are all of our woes. Guys, what did we miss? There's got to be stuff that we missed. Yeah. That people... So much happened, clearly. So much happened. Uh, a lot were of... you scared of Y2K? 
Oh, yeah, I want to know. Were I, you hiding on New Year's Eve? Yeah, were your parents, like, survivalists and you had a bunch of, like, canned Oh, food? yeah, were you in, like, some underground oh, yeah. blast from the past bunker? Which Please. This, that movie may have come out in 1999, I'm pretty sure. See, when I think bunker, I always think Grease too. Interesting. Oh, let's do it for our country. Yeah, let's do it for our country. A lot of bunker pop culture references now that I'm... Our next series about, about bunkers. <laughs> I mean, really, though, we could do those. We could Kimmy do Kimmy Schmidt. Schmidt. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Perfect. So send us an email with your bunker stories. We need to know. Um, Also follow us on social. Yeah, and if you liked this series, maybe leave us a review. Share it with a fellow fangirl or boy. Mm -hmm. It's always fun. We love that. Yeah. So until next week. Bye. Bye.